Hello, and welcome back to Now That's What I Call Podcast. I'm Paul. And I'm Will. And we are here to talk about the uh, 2005 band Titus Andronicus and their uh, and their 2010 recording, The Monitor. How are you doing today, Will? I am well. I just I just had a laundry mishap with with some people downstairs. Yeah, you, you told me you were going to have a laundry. You had a laundry. You had a laundry store for the pod. I put my clothes in 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 the washer, and then I went back, and I was like, "Oh, time to get these out." And then there were a bunch of people with all of my clothes mixed in with their clothes. In, well, and how did they like, get mixed not... in? Did they just throw in really the know. washing machine without looking? No. Th- so the, they were there's like multiple washing machines. So they picked out. They were like, "We must have been washing in all of them." So they grabbed like <laughs> clothes from <laughs> all of them. <laughs> And then all, so I had to like dig through their wet clothes to extricate my wet clothes. And I was like, "Why did you? Why did this happen?" That's but I think gross, it happened. Dude. I think I figured it out. Were they nice was, and apologetic about it, or were they like? They were, oh, they were, yeah, but they were okay. like they were the kind of apologetic where like five five like I'm so sorry's in. I was like, this is kind of bugging me more than just saying it once. <laughs> okay, so they <laughs> were too, of, they were like, they were too apologetic. No, I mean it was it was like definitely one of those things where it was like the the lady was like, "I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry," and the guy was like. I can't believe you did this. I was like, this, I, I don't want to be here. Right now. <laughs> to, to, oh, so it's like the the guy was more mad at the woman than you were. Yes, and then she was just apologizing to me. And I was like, I, I just want my clothes. I'm dry, not gonna... <laughs> okay, well, that's a great laundry story to. Yeah. Uh, do, do you have any hot hot stories for today? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Anything going any... on in the world of Paul? I mean, there's stuff going on that we've talked about because we're friends, but I don't have any like. Uh... Oh, I have a toe. I, listeners, I have a toe report. When I when I was with Paul, yeah, yeah. Uh, we got to hang last out last weekend. We got to we hang got to out. hang out, and uh, in an effort to preserve the uh, confidentiality of of an event that was going on, I tried to take something around the back of the house in my bare feet, and ended up <laughs> conking the fuck out of my toe, <laughs> like really just really just busting it. So I'm pretty sure I'm losing that nail. Is what? Is yeah, I was I'm gonna say. Now. Have it's, you have you considered like tapping it? Like you know, like. Um, Trying to get a little hole it, in there? I think it naturally did because when I okay. whatever I did like caused a hole to be in the back of it. <laughs> so okay, perfect. So it's, I did, it's I did, I did I did I was like, what if you, I injure myself but, and tap it at the same time? But you think you're you think you're losing that that toenail. Yeah, it's pretty purpley today. Uh, the whole thing. So it's very exciting. Uh, I don't think I actually told you why I was going around the outside. You told me. But, uh, you told me. You oh, told okay, me. Okay. I know. <laughs> But it, I forget it was, who it exactly. Yeah, it was a funny thing. <laughs> um, I feel great to be talking about uh, an album that uh, is dearly beloved to me so much that I believe it is one of the top 10 albums ever. Um, and wow. it's interesting in that you and I, I think, were exposed to and really enjoyed this album around the same time. It's not a super, like, it's not a widely beloved album, I don't think or at least i, I don't it, know maybe like i was surprised that it was not as acclaimed as i maybe like thought it was or like as i consider it to be yeah i think there's a weird thing are we just full are we full blown into into album mode at this point? yeah are no we we're, we're, we're talking about the album. <laughs> <laughs> okay wait do we want to we should. We should. Do we want to recap? Do we want to recap? Yeah, we should recap tens? because we had like okay. we've had some yeah. some hot episodes so far, and then this one is gonna like just keep adding to to you know the hotness of of, of the. Okay, the top so let me pull up on. my top ten, and I think there might be a couple extra on there. Um, my top ten albums list right here. 
Okay, um, gosh, let me get it to the right part. Uh, my top 10 albums are number one, My Aim is True by Evas Costello, and number two, The Intermounting Flame by Mahavishnu Orchestra. So those are my top 10 That's albums crazy. as well. That's crazy. That's so wild, because my number one is The Intermounting Flame by Mahavishnu wow. Orchestra. My number two is My Aim is True by Elvis Costello. But I'm hoping today, I'm, the, I'm not 100%, but I think by the end of the day, we might have a candidate for a third entry, which would be we pretty might. wild. Well, let's let's get into it. So, uh, but we like freshman or sophomore year of college when we were together. I feel like this is one of the many albums that you kind of introduced me to. Do you remember how you came across this this band yeah, and this I, album? So, I have a very strong association with this album. Like driving around the Charlotte area is like my like, right. Like coming to the airport to like pick you up or or drop Tom off or something like. Like that is in my mind. Or like, like going to going to Thai taste listeners. Going to Thai taste. Yes, exactly. Listeners. This was this was a listeners, big Thai there taste is, gym. There is no reason for any of you to ever go to Charlotte, North Carolina. However, kind of kind of a useless kind of a useless city. But if you were ever there, please patronize Thai taste, the Thai restaurant where Will and I spent. Uh, and specifically the one on East Boulevard, not on like college yeah, something or other. There's multiple Thai taste. The one There's on East one, Boulevard. Yeah. It's where it's at. Um, yes. So this this album is like very intertwined with like fond memories for me of driving with you guys and going to either food or the airport. I don't know exactly why, but that is like where it is in my mind. Or do, I, do you, rem do you remember right. finding it, or is it just kind of no. one of the things? No. This, I mean, this was like the this was the era when I was like probably the most plugged into Pitchfork, and so like I just remember it being like when was it released? Twenty ten? Is that what you said? Twenty ten. Yeah. The monitor. And I remember it got like a high like 8.8 .8 or something like that um and 2010 would have been like right in that yeah i got an 8.7 based best new music where seven. other reviews yeah. i was looking at a lot of them had it more around like closer to an eight than a nine um yeah and so like this is this is something that like i've kind of had to i mean grab right, because if you, word, if, you like, if you knew it as best new music you probably thought like oh this is like a well-received highly rated album yeah and i think like the thing that the, the the my tightest experience actually that like is I think the most strangest to me was with local business, which is the follow up right. to this. Where like at that which time you I are was, you are a defender of you are well, the, the yeah. And so this was a weird business. thing. Like at that time, <laughs> I was writing for Tiny Mixtapes, and so I got access to albums a little bit early, and I had local business, and I remember listening to it and being like, this is the next greatest thing of all time. Yeah, like, you got like this is going to take the world by storm. I, I remember like showing it to you and Tom and being like the mo the, the monitor like the schmonitor, you know, like this is where it's at. Like this is we are our monitor schmonitor. Monitor schmonitor. <laughs> Here we are. And I I remember specifically in my mind waiting for the review to drop on Pitchfork and being like this is going to be at least a 9.2. And then it was like a hot <laughs> 7. Yeah. And then they were like this isn't good and like almost universally everybody thinks that that album is like Whatever, like a six to a seven, yeah. and I think yeah, like I, from there, there was just kind of like a slide of Titus Andronicus like away from it to to the extent that like I've had multiple conversations with people that kind of surprised me where I've heard people say like, "Oh, the Monitor, that's such a great album," but like I don't really like Titus Andronicus. Like that that's kind of like yeah. the vibe I get from the yeah. Monitor is like is that it's this weird one off thing. It's their sophomore album. It's weird that it's so great and so ambitious. But then, like, every, it seems like so many people after that are just like, but it was a one-off, and, like, these guys as a unit are not really worth much 
as a band, it was just this one thing that really like kind of captured a specific moment. And that's been a funny thing for me because I feel like I've liked a lot of their stuff all the way through. And it's been odd to me to like square away the fact that they aren't really that loved. I feel like by, by a lot of like indie people, or at least it's polarizing. It's, it's sitting at 3.55 right now on Rachel music, which I would, that's like, that's where I would kind of like, for me, that's kind of like an eight out of ten on Rachel Music, mm-hmm. like around the three point five range, like good, but not like, like will be on a year end list for that for the year, but not for the decade. Um, well, I mean, it's like, ranked as what I'm looking at your screen number ninety for twenty ten. I mean, that's that's pretty low. Yeah, it's like I think this album just slaps so fucking hard. Yeah, I I really and like, like it as on, well. And, on the on yeah. the re listens, I was like. On the re-listen, I was like, oh no, I was right about this album. <laughs> this, this album is really, really good. Um, okay, but yeah, I, I agree. Like, and I I have affection. I actually I saw them uh oh, gosh, really? either just pre or just post-COVID. It's like that's a big distance. No, it must have been just pre-COVID, because I actually Richard was yeah. our friend. Sorry, I'm just referencing people we know on the podcast. Like, I got I got drinks with Richard before seeing Titus Andronicus with my other friend Jeremy and then Jeremy and I went to see the band and Richard didn't want to go <laughs> see that's the, he, he knows <laughs> Titus is bad Richard has the knowledge of the indie scene but like it, it really it wasn't a huge show it was it was definitely was like it, kind of was like it good like how was I, it? I had a blast I I had a great time but like it was it was kind of a c-tier venue in Atlanta you know it was it wasn't yeah. like um have you ever been to atlanta it's the tabernacle you, you really or whatever yeah, yeah no like, it, yeah no it, you know but atlanta has like you know it's big arena venues and then like like most big cities like three or four kind of um you know the variety and places like that kind of like kind of like your top tier uh yeah indie venues like where i saw black midi like titus was not playing the place i saw black midi they were playing like as like a back room of a bar and i had yeah, a blast which is interesting in the in also in like this the slant of their music because I feel like their music after um after a most lamentable tragedy like has sort of slid into like bar band like looseness yes. like it, it kind yes. of does have this like this kind of like Irish bar band we're drunk ballad kind of yeah thing the to it. the big the big single from um most lamentable most lamentable tragedy dimed out is very much like a a much more unhinged punk song than anything on. The monitor. The monitor is, it's pretty controlled for like it, it can definitely get loud. But like, I was thinking about it. Like, it's I wouldn't, I wouldn't describe it as pop punk, but it is on the more controlled side for a punk album. Like, is is that making sense? Yeah, to you? Do you know I, I what definitely. I'm talking yes. about? Yeah, I think it. I think it is like more of like folk punk slash like yes almost singer singer songwriter in a sense you know like i know that that's what a lot of like they are self-conscious of it in referencing like bruce springsteen in their lyrics and also being from new jersey and it's something that is like inescapable when you read things written about them like oh they're they're like heartland rock springsteen like and i I think they are self-conscious of that and i don't think that they're like trying to get away from it necessarily i think they kind of lean into it because it's not really like unhinged like you know hardcore or like it's not that kind of punk, but it's much more through like this kind of like shambolic bar punk folk punk thing and that's what is what must is what makes it so weird as a one-off because like airing of grievances is airing of grievances is kind of unhinged like that yeah and that's, then that feels more most, like a basement show that's like yeah that, and then, then 
Then a most auction. lamentable tragedy is kind of unhinged like that. And so it, it's weird that, like, they kind of found this, like, uh, yeah, singer-songwriter composure for two albums, one more successful from the other, and then kind of, like, degraded back into uh, into a noisier thing. They've got a new album. Uh, yeah, very soon. September. Yeah. Um, September. Yeah, I, I you know. The, the EP's not bad. I mean, the EP sounds like, it, it sounds like Titus output. Like, I'm not mad about it. Um, but I I have affection for their sixth album, An Obelisk, which is the one they were uh, touring to support when I saw them. Okay. Uh, just because uh, I like it when uh, song titles are like when a song <laughs> title is basically I, I've talked to you about this before, but yeah, they have, I'm looking at this, it now. It's very yeah, funny. He has a song called I Blame Society and it's like. Every single song Patrick Sickles has ever written should be titled <laughs> "I Blame Society," and and that's and funny because I like, have a slight fondness for um a productive cough. The one before okay, that, I don't I think, think I've like, ever listened to that all the way through. Is it's, that it's like by far their loosest. Okay, yes, it's way. It's like by far their loosest. It's mostly just like six songs that are kind of like really long, like sing along barry type things. Which yeah. which I it's not usually my thing, but for whatever reason. Patrick Stickles, uh, he, he, he gets, I, 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 uh, c- connect with his angst, whatever. And I think that's actually part of my like thesis about the monitor is I think, I think this is the time. And it's not that his, I think this is the time that his lyrics have been the most digestible and the least like obvious, like textual. Yeah. Like, and I think like that <laughs> might be some of the things right. that people like, that, like, that kind like, of, like textual, like calling a song, I blame society. <laughs> yes. Or like my like, eating disorder and stuff yes. like the, the song titles are just like, so and I think like the monitor has like he because like really this this album and I think like the Titus project in a whole is like working out very similar themes from him all the time like right. it's always kind of about like mental health medication like whether or not he's like losing something by admitting that he has and needs to take some form of medication for his bipolar like that yeah. is like something that he has struggled with or or like is it better to be this kind of like yo-yoing up and down and like he's working through that on all of the albums but i think that like at least to me that is what i hear in a lot of lyrics but i think like this album is the one that's like has the most kind of allusions to other things in history right. and all these other pieces is, of it he, where he it's is. not just like he's not just gone into like because there's like literally some stuff on the most lamentable tragedy that's just about like waiting at the line for the drugstore like and i only like things when they're, they're 10 or zero yeah. But, you know it's yeah it's like so yeah on the nose that I feel like maybe this is more digestible in that sense. It doesn't feel as hokey. I don't, do you agree with that? Or I don't know if you, if that yeah, makes sense. I, I, I kind of wanted to ask you about that as you know, I, I, you have been going to school to be a counselor and, yeah. uh, Stickles, sorry, Patrick, I don't know if I've said his name. Patrick Stickles is the yeah, name yeah. of the lead, uh, guitarist and lead singer on this. And it's one of the bands where like, he's basically the band. Um, yeah. He more or less is the entire. Project. Yeah. Like if you, I, I've kind of got the, uh, no other member. Of, <laughs> he might be a tricky guy to work with. No other member of Titus Andronicus has lasted more than two, uh, studio albums. <laughs> Oh no! Sorry. Well, I think it's uh, also one of those things. Uh, where he Eric, probably... Eric Ham. Eric Ham drummed on the first four studio albums, um, yeah. but but yeah, after that, uh, the 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 bassist. There have been three bassists between the six studio albums. Um, just a lot of kind of backup guitarists. Yeah, there's been. And... That, I mean, that guitarist, like like 
lineup is insane. It's, yes. it's been it's like it's like six different people and none of them have been there for all that long. Yeah. But I also don't know if it's like it might be just one of those things where he's writing so much of it and then it's just kind of like get somebody teach them the songs for the tour and then right. And then no, see, somebody, I, you know, I don't know what the there, there are there there are bands that are like true collaborations and then there are bands who are like a supporting act for a guy and Titus Andronicus is, is Patrick Stickles's band. Yeah, yeah. But so I, I, what I what I was saying is that he he's um he he's he's very upfront about mental health. Um but I think there's I think one of the reasons I like this is like I think he does a really good job of conveying how uncomfortable he is in his body. Like there's so oh, yeah. much body I, I there's so much body language in all of his music. And I mm. think his talk about his own distress is more visceral because he's able to talk about not just like the vague, like the, the not just talk about it in vague terms of like angst or dissatisfaction, but really is able to talk about how it makes his body feel to to have the conditions he does and to kind of hate being in a body as much as he does is that, is that something that you also get or is is that just me yeah no i, I agree it's like a body dysmorphia like you know yeah. that kind of feel like he he does a there's a lot of the songs that are about that about like you know he's kind of known if you know if you see pictures of him for having like a big beard and there's even songs where he talks about like how that's like part of his defense for like the world and and yeah. that like he and and you know in the songs about eating disorders and stuff about like sort of the frustration with the rest of the world putting ideas on him and then he's like i when i'm by myself i can do whatever i want and it doesn't matter that i'm like skinny or or whatever it is yeah so like it is yeah i i think he does for me it doesn't strike me as being bad or too on the nose i think like but i can understand why people might feel that way but i i think he does a good job of capturing sort of like discomfort and disease better than you know i think it's generic thing like you were saying I think it's very evocative, and I love a punk musician who wants to talk about pissing and shitting, and he loves to talk about. He he is a big pissing. scat boy. He is he is a big time scat man. But no, like at, at the show I saw him, he like walked like right past my friend and I to like check on the speaker or something, and he is very small and looks unwell. I mean, he yeah yeah he he, he kind of looks like how he sounds. Um, so yeah, so uh, just kind of going into the album, uh. To, to go back to the very salient points you made as a um, way to talk about the album, he is like, for how direct a lot of his output is, it's, there's a cup, there's kind of like a really weird abstraction for this album. And I think it's part of my affection for it is, is we've established from kind of the earlier iteration of our podcast. Uh, I, I love, I love some spoken word recordings. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, the monitor is, of course, the uh, first iron warship, the first kind of like modern warship that was made of iron and not of steel, which is a technology that was kind of being developed simultaneously by the Union and the Confederacy, uh, the monitor and the Merrimack during the American Civil War. And these were like riverboats, like they could not go into the oceans, like they had no maneuverability. They had like one gun on each of them. And so they chonky boys. Yeah, these were chonky boys. So at the Battle of Hampton Roads, which is the, I think, kind of stellar uh, conclusion of this album, is literally this, like, battle between these two little turtle ships where they just kind of, like, plink 
cannon fire off of each other. Off each other, yeah. <laughs> like, to, to no effect. And then, like, I think, like, the Merrimack runs out of fuel first, so the Monitor, like... Uh, sorry, not the Merrimack, the, the, the Virginia. Um, so, yeah, it's it's... But it's kind of this larger Civil War metaphor that goes through. And I guess, like... Well, you talked about him as like this one of the only albums where he kind of uses a lens. Do you feel like it's this he uses the Civil War as a constructive lens for self-loathing? Do you think the kind of like internal themes are meshing with the the kind of more textual themes or how did that hit you on this listen? Um I I think so. Yeah, I think like and maybe I'm reading too far into this. So stop me if you totally disagree. But no, I do you, think you, there's you, kind you're, of like, you're the professional. <laughs> I do think there's kind of like this idea of that like the union maybe is the, is represents sort of like the medicated self and the South is the unhinged self in the sense of like Interesting. Trying to, like trying to break away. And it's not like I'm not and I'm not I, I please do not take this to me being like Patrick Stickles loves slavery and loves the South, but I do, <laughs> but I do wonder if there's this sense of like this kind of like wild man breakaway part of this thing of like what is the like the South represents like what it what it is and and the kind of the unhingedness of it, whereas the North is kind of like let's like put you down and like bring us all back together into this one piece, and so like in my in in to me like I kind of hear that in some of his like I think that's kind of an, an interesting metaphor or way to work through like you know, the ideas of, like, bipolar or, like, highs and lows and kind of, like, can we all be one, you know, because the first track is what's, like, a perfect union, a more perfect union. Yeah, so like, exactly. Can, can we all be together and unified? Or, like, are there pieces of us that, like, demand to be split off? Kind of th th That's kind of my, the lens that I was listening to it through from this record. And I don't know if that is at all close to what you think or, or if that is just totally off base or not. But that's yeah, kind that's, of where I was bringing that's, it. That's super interesting. Let's uh, let's actually hear some of that first song, uh, "A More Perfect Union." Uh, I'm gonna just play it from the beginning to kind of get a sense of the voice recordings and then yeah, because there is, the... the spoken word atmosphere is a big part of the kind of the transition yeah. to this album for sure. From whence shall we expect the approach of danger? Shall some transatlantic giant step the earth and crush us at a blow? Never. All the armies of Europe and Asia could not by force take a drink from the Ohio River or set a track on the Blue Ridge in the trial of a thousand years. If destruction be our lot, we ourselves must be its author and finisher. As a nation of free men, we will live forever or die by suicide. So yeah, that's the start, and the that is a, a quote from Abraham Lincoln's 1938 Lyceum Address, so kind of well before the Civil War, but then uh, you hear some of Stickles' voice, and then some of the, I just really dig his guitar playing in general, but on this album, I think he has like a a tone that's bright and fuzzy at the same time that I, I really enjoy. Um, yeah, I will, agree, it's a, cool, it's a cool mix of like, because it's not... These are multi-part songs, but they're not like 
proggy multi-part songs. They're like no. each of the parts themselves are like simple and fuzzy and direct, and I like his guitar solos and the guitar themes. But then it's kind of like it goes between these different sections pretty seamlessly. And I think like he does a good job of, of songwriting where it's like it never gets too far away from being the kind of like indie, like punk idea of the way you play. It's never virtuosic or it's never yeah. you know the shredding or whatever. But it does kind of like give nice separate sections and delineations to the songs that, that mostly end up being like five, six, seven, eight minute songs. And I think Hampton Roads is like 14 or whatever. So, so like there is, a, there's a lot of parts to them and it's, it's kind of a cool mix of like, I know how to play guitar enough to make things interesting without making them overly like, just like, here's a million notes, you know, which I think is like a hard balance. Right. And like, it's, it's where I think in an, in a weird way, so much of this album is pitched right down the middle, where you're right. Like, yes. he's not, like, <laughs> the guitar solos, like, a lot of punk music just eschews the guitar solo entirely. And, like, a lot of punk music kind of shies away from virtuosity. Like, like, like not from, like, technical skill, but from, like, you know, virtuosic displays of technical skill. Um and so, yeah, the, like the guitar solos and the whole sound are so right down the middle where it's like these clean, not in the sense like because they are fuzzy and scuzzy, but they are still clean in the terms of like there's not a lot of excess noodling. There's not a lot of like, oh, interesting, like chord progression there. There's just a lot of like pretty bright, pretty loud uh, guitar soloing. And there's. Yeah, it reminds me of like, I don't know if you've listened to, I mean, I think we've talked about during Elvis Costello, but like the Pogues where it's kind of. That, yes. Like, it's yes. kind of like this, like lilting, like are... Irish, um, kind of like uh, uh, melody to it, where it's just kind of like here, let's establish a melody and kind of jam on it for a second and then move on, kind of thing. It, the, the, it doesn't feel too far off to me from that. The, and the pokes are much more of a touch point for like what you were talking about, like most lamentable tragedy. I think you'd look at it and say like, oh, these guys love the pokes. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> and like you can still see that here, but I think it's it's more reined in, where it, it even like brings up pop punk for me where it has like it has like a punk aggression and energy but um not really anything on this album is that unpleasant to listen to uh it's a very yeah. listenable punk album um it is a funny like mix between like the two albums that we've talked about so far was like entirely virtuosic instrumental right, exactly. goofiness, and then like pub rock very stripped yes. down like straightforward and this is like I'm not saying that it's exactly a melding between the two of them, but it does like meet kind of somewhere in the middle where it's like the ethos of punk with a little bit of the you know sprinkling of uh, more melodic kind of and structural experimentation, which right. I think is like a, a cool place to be. And 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 two of the most pubby songs are the two kind of reprises of. Uh, just uh, the one phrase, the enemy is everywhere. And so we're going to hear the first. So a more perfect union, kind of a mammoth song with a couple of different um, guitar themes that go through. But then it, it goes into this kind of banger. Yeah. Type uh, also, of I just wanted to say real quick that I think like that, the, the Abraham Lincoln quote, like at the beginning is also kind of what I was talking about, where it's like, oh, I, yeah, from I the wanted outside, to talk about that. I wanted to yeah, talk about from the that, outside. Actually. We are invincible, but inside our warring selves, like will be our downfall is sort of like his kind of like, I, I think that is similar to what I was saying with like, previously about like the north and the south and, and the idea of like can can we be together as a whole or is there always something that's going to be pushing us apart and like what is that our like the one weakness that like we we have i guess to the rest of the world yeah and i i i find it really resonant like one like it's you know it's it's 
you know, with uh, with with Brandon up in office, you know, it it really rings true of like <laughs> that, that, that's a joke. <laughs> But no, like, it, it, I feel like we're in such a political moment of like, it's hard to imagine a credible external threat to America right now. It's very easy to imagine a lot of internal threats yes. to America very, right very now. Easy. And like, with, with like, even more states and even more people being like, yo, are we going to keep doing this thing? Or are we going to like do a different thing? Mm. I think that mm. just the one phrase like, as a nation of free men, we will live forever or die by suicide, I think is like, we're in another national era where that where that is ringing more true but also like i i agree i don't think it, it not only does it kind of capture some of the weirdness of like mental illness warring with yourself but for me for me like my personal bouts of mental illness have always been accompanied with a guilt of like my life is too good to feel this bad if that makes any yeah. sense oh yeah like, for sure i i have all my material needs met like 10 times over you know, I'm 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 very loved, uh, humble brag, um, <laughs> by like by like family and and friends and stuff. And so for me, there's always this weirdness of like, if I have depressive episodes, the self recrimination of there's no reason for me to feel this bad. So it must be a it must be like a personal failing. And the phrase is a nation of free men, we will live forever and die by suicide. I feel like that resonates of like, why if there's no external threat on my life, am I still kind of like fucking things up just all by myself um so that's that's always resonated for me uh and yeah let's uh do you want to roll into song two yeah i also just want to say real quick i love how like fucking new jersey it is from the rip like the first like four lines are just like extreme jersey specifics talking about like the fungwa bus which is like a like the sketchy like chinese travel line between like boston and new york and like like it's just so you know, and then he quotes like, "Baby, we were born to you know die." It's, it's that kind of like Springsteen thing. Like, I, I really, it's it's interesting to me because, you know, there's always been kind of like hyper regional things of like the Beatles translated over to the U.S., but like, why didn't the Kinks? And people say like, "Oh, the Kinks are too British." You know, that's kind of like the, the line you hear from them. It's like <laughs> the it's like their music too. is like it's it's too much about like you know their albums are like the Kinks yeah. of the Village Green Preservation Society, and it's right. all it's like so steeped in that, and it's it's kind of. Some, some, to me. some of some of the Beatles is like that when when I yeah when some, I of, the, some of the Beatles is like that too. What what yeah. was the, but like whose who's hammer am I thinking of Maxwell uh, Silver Hammer Max, Maxwell Silver Hammer thing yeah I was like yeah. this is some British ass this is some British shit. yeah and it's it's kind of I just like how off the rip he's just like this is gonna be some New Jersey shit like we're, right. we're gonna and do that's that the, I think it's pretty fun that that that's the little secret of like uh well the, despite the fact that he is nowhere on my top ten albums of all time list um. You know me to be a fan of uh, one Mr. Spruce Springsteen. Yep, 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 yep. And uh, that's definitely a point of affection for me with this album is that it is, it is, you're right. It's like, it's like, it kind of puts the Pogues reference on the second place pedestal and it still has that as a touch point. But then it like really puts Mr. Bruce Springsteen yes. as, as the main reference point. And I think that's part of why it's so straightforward in a really nice way is because like, I agree. I think it is capturing his ethos of kind of like, you know, li- very listenable, impassioned heartland, heartland yeah. rock kind of music, but like through a kind of like more angsty self-loathing. <laughs> I mean, although Bruce has some pretty angsty self-loathing songs too. So it's hard. Yeah. To I mean, like, you know, the, Despite the fact that this will be one of my top ten favorite albums of all time, this is probably like my fourth favorite album about wanting to leave New Jersey. New Jersey, yeah. <laughs> that is that is a funny like, dynamic that this has created. <laughs> just because there's probably like 
four or five. I don't know exactly what the number is, but there's a, anywhere from three to six Springsteen albums I like better than this album. And so, like, wherever it is, it's just like, this is my fourth to seventh favorite album about <laughs> I would like to leave New Jersey. <laughs> Please, can we go now? <laughs> Please, can we go now? Uh, because when you're in New Jersey, the enemies are everywhere. And that brings us to song number two. Oh, very nice. This is probably the fuzziest and scuzziest part on the album. And it's a really, I really like the way this album is structured that after the kind of like long meandering um, punky number to open, you just have this two minute kind of like complete bar brawl of a song with like three whole lyrics for the entire thing. Um, And one thing I really like about the structure is kind of put a pin in the fact that this is like just kind of the core rock instruments of the drums, guitar and bass. Uh, Will, how do you feel about this little interlude? I like it. I think it, I think it is, it is a nice spot there. And like, like you were saying, it's kind of like it, it's somewhat like transferring this. I like to me, I can, I can sort of hear like, if you added bagpipes, this could be like a Dropkick Murphy song a little bit. Yes, like, like there's it like really, a, it really could. Which is, yeah. but like, but I like that about Titus, where it's kind of like they have like uh, aspirations towards kind of like I don't even know what you would call it, like more uh, instrumentation. But it's always like it, it feels like usually it's done through a kind of guitar, like a live in room band, yeah. which I which I like. It always sounds punchy. I think. And I think the point that you brought up was very salient, I guess is the right word about the well, um, thank you. pacing of it. Because I think I think the biggest problem with this album is that the next four songs are very similar in length and pacing, and there's not a lot to differentiate them. Like from and I, I like them, but like No Future Part Three, Richard the Second, A Pot in Which to Piss, Four Score and Seven, that like they I think they could really oh, I, use I think, a song. I think like it's this. a kind of I think it's kind of a two and two right there. Not like a like Interesting, because I think of them as a four together, as like okay. as kind of like the mid chunk of the album that I think could use like a reprise of this or something smaller, like in between maybe Richard and a pot uh, in which to piss or something. Because I feel like they it kind of is a little bit not as broken up as I would like, maybe. I my only and I have no criticism of this album because it's one of my top ten favorite album time. For, for me, it's like <laughs> well, obviously, I I think you could have like I think you could have maybe tightened this album up with like one of either track three and four and one of either track four and six, because I think like, I disagree. I agree. I don't disagree. I agree so heavily with you right now. I think right. you it's are just like, 100% on the money. <laughs> That's just like, cause like uh, songs three and four are very similar. And like both of these songs are within like 10 seconds of each other. Like the two pairs I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, you're hear, right. I've never, I haven't noticed that before. Let's hear a little bit of no future and then a little bit about Richard too. And we'll kind of talk about this a little bit. So yeah. I'm going to play a little bit of no future part three and uh, a little bit of uh, Richard II.
So that was uh, the great You Will Always Be a Loser chant Absolute from No banger. Future Part Love 3. It. And now we're going to hear from Richard Second. So both of these two tracks, they're they're 516 and 506 within 10 seconds of each other. And they're both kind of like high energy, but mid-tempo. Yeah, high energy, mid-tempo shufflers. Kind of yeah, thing. shufflers. Where like, I like both of them. They're kind of the same song. And the reason I would probably keep No Future is because I do kind of really love the like insane chant of you will always be a oh, loser yeah. that it climaxes at i i I agree with you you are speaking my exact language here they are very similar i think no future like i do think i I think like there's something very special about patrick stickles's ability to like find a very simple phrase that like yeah can mean a lot it's just kind of like the enemy is everywhere or like um you will always uh, be a loser you will always be a loser there's one later that i'll talk to when we get to it but like that that I feel like really the kind of the mania of the rep- repetition of it like really builds into something where you're like oh like I I will but then he releases it at the end with like but that's, that's okay, okay. It's yeah like, it's, it's it's such a good last line and I I really like I don't know I really feel like like no future is such a like encapsulation of what he does well and I and I do think that it is kind of like I don't know that I need Richard the second just because it, yeah, it feels similar like you were saying. And just just repeating a phrase over and over has always been like a a religious or like culty way to like trick your brain into something, and it it, it kind of like does like get to that kind of like weird brain trick experience where you do like you do feel a little bit released when he when he just yells and that's okay at the end of it yeah. because like you can hear his like personal mania in like the way that he like just yells that line over and over and over again. Well, it's a, it's um, a big thing to come to grips with. Like I'm not, yeah. you know, it's a, I mean, obviously the being a loser part is like an exaggeration of it, but that kind of thing of like, there's something wrong with me and it's going to be like that. Like yeah. is a, it's, it's that's a like hard that. thing yeah. to come to grips with, you know? Right. And so like, I, and to be clear, like I, I was making it sound like I like Richard the second less than I do. Like it's still this kind of like high energy, mid-tempo. Yeah, I still like, like, I still like both of them. Like, you know, like you're not like moshing to it, but you are like, nodding your head with like a little extra vigor <laughs> to it um nod, nod your head black suits coming uh will big willie big willie style shout out big willie style um yeah i think that was that's that's what his uh man in black original rap was called uh, the fact that we i think i might have already said this on the on the podcast but the fact that we were deprived with the matrix original we, we, rap we, for the credits we, we, we talked about that a fair amount oh it's i mean remember, it sticks remember, in my craw to to this day yeah uh, orc cop. Um, orc, orc, yeah, we did talk about orc cop. We did talk That's about right. orc cop. Um, so yeah, it, it's still a good song, but when we talk about the next two songs, I really think you could have just gone like no future into uh, four score and seven, and then like so let's let's hear because let's hear a little bit of a pot in which to pass, which is track five.
So yeah, it, it's a song. This is this is a ballad that kind of starts yeah. out quiet yeah. and then goes into like a couple up and down crescendos. And this is where they really start pulling in all the extra instruments they have on this album. There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. There are 20 uh, additional musicians that assisted in the recording of this album, which is like, I'm kind of impressed that like after one album, Ty Sandronicus, like, like props to their producer or manager or whoever kind of like put that all together. Like you've got like Y Oaks is in here. The Hold Steady is in here. Ponytail is in here. Uh, Spider Bags, Vivian Girls. I don't know all those bands, but like they're all in here. Like, this album gets really big and that's part of my confusion at the rest of their catalog that like, yeah, <laughs> I think they really successfully incorporate a ton of guest musicians to huge effect on some of these songs. And it's not really something they make a habit of in their later songs. I think they kind um, of swing back and forth with it because like local business is very stripped down. Like it's, yeah. it is just like five people playing in a room, but like, I do think parts of a most lamentable tragedy, which is kind of trying to be like a rock opera, and parts right. of um, this is like twenty nine songs like, or something like that's a huge yeah. album. Yeah, like parts of those albums do have builds into them, but it's not. It doesn't work as well as right. this, I think. And then we'll like we're gonna play a little bit of four score and seven, which is like a song I like a lot, but is again like it's a they're both eight and a half minute songs with the same basic structure. So yeah, uh, again, a, a song that's an eight and a half minute song that starts quietly and kind of builds into an insane crescendo. It's kind of the same situation where like I, I like both of these. Um, the two and two, it's almost like when we talked about um, Godspeed and instead of going like song, drone, song, drone, they went like song, yeah, yeah. drone, <laughs> drone, song. Where like, there's two, like this album I think would be a little tighter with like if you just took one and one or even if you just went like track three track five track four track six like it, it, it's weird to have like these four songs that are kind of pairs of two and two similarly structured i think it makes the album seem a little bit longer than it is and a little yeah i mean especially the middle is, is, is a full 17 yeah. minute like these, these right the full 17 full. minutes together yeah, we, um, we, and like I like I like both of them. Like it yeah. both, I feel like both times when we were playing towards the end, I was like, "Fuck, this is a banger!" And then I was like, "Yeah, we could lose the other song." And then I listened to the other song, I'm like, "Fuck, this is a banger <laughs> too." A banger so like, it's too. not like right. it's not that they're bad. It's just that that is a is a particular chunk of the album that is a, a bit long right. in the middle. I, I agree with that. But then it feels like a nice, cool drink of water when we get to the theme from <laughs> Cheers.
which is just like a, a lovely like pub rock kind of like and it's yeah it's yeah. extremely irish with the fiddle going in the background yep <laughs> um this is a pogues song um <laughs> yeah but it, it it feels like like after these like everything so far has been so thematically heavy and especially right like the past 17 minutes of music have been these kind of like fucking massive rock punk ballads and it's just like i don't know it, it feels so i have such an affection for this song it's just kind of like stepping outside the bar for a moment and like people are throwing up and smoking cigarettes and you're just but like yeah it, it does feel like the air is kind of nice um so yeah do you do you do you enjoy this this kind of little interlude here yeah i do i like this one i feel like it's a it is a like you're saying it's a needed reprieve from yeah. what what is kind of it's going still on. long it's still five it's still a five, it is still minute five minutes song. it's still yeah. a five minute song um and then we hit to old friends and new which is like i would kind of i would kind of like lump it in with the pot in which to piss and four score and seven the kind of like it is it's a seven minute track but um the female vocalist makes it feel different for me and just like being sandwiched between two songs that sound very different like i don't I don't feel as much fatigue from this as I did from like the full 17 minutes of, of rock ballad. Yeah, before. I don't either. I also, I think that having it come after a theme from Cheers makes sense because it kind of like set, feel, sounds like, again, I'm referencing the Pogues, but there's like, what's it like the fairy tale of New York City or whatever yeah. is one of their songs yeah. where it's like two junkies like singing to each other about like how much they need each other slash are bad for each other. And like, yeah. that's kind of what this song is too. All right. So let's hear a little bit of uh, Two Old Friends and New. It it brings together a lot of the the things we've been talking about so far. I do want to shout out. I believe that's Jen Wasner of Y Oak, uh, a band I really enjoy, who is who is on the vocals right there. But it's it it brings together like a lot of like instruments have been sneaking in throughout the album, and they're kind of all on display. We've got piano, we've got horns, we've got some strings, we've got two vocalists, and we're back in this kind of like manic but almost meditative repeating of a mantra of this kind of like like the mantras are so depressive like that the mantras we've had on this album that have just been repeated over and over again are the enemy is everywhere you will always be a loser um and then this yeah, one this is was like, the, this was the third one that i was going to talk about the it's all right the way i i yeah. really genuinely feel like that is a an extremely powerful sentence i feel like yes yeah that is uh, and I, I kind of like that it is couched in this kind of like couples back and forth and like the theme from Cheers is talking about like drinking on the weekend and it feels very, very real to me, this sort of this feeling of like, I'm kind of a fuck up and you're kind of a fuck up, but like, it it, it, it is okay, like that we are doing yeah. this and, and that we're, and like that's a, that is a kind of a, a similar to like the always be a loser. It seems simple, but there's like. There's a certain profundity behind it that really is like easy to say but difficult to mean, and I I really yeah. like 
I really appreciate it. I like the ending of that song and that that kind of mantra over and over again because it really I don't know it drives something home for me that I feel like really is is good to hear. And, it, and it's like it's it, it's it feels very much to me that like I I've, I've heard that there's kind of like there is kind of like breakup backstory in this album as well from from what I've been oh, reading okay. about. I didn't know that. And so I do think like the female vocalists are kind of like I don't know like it. What this album feels to me is like the first like the first six songs, which is a lot of music, are like this like depressive, obsessive, manic like uh, meltdown that you're having. And then like you go get a drink with your friends, you have an okay conversation with your ex. And like by the end of it, like your mantra has changed. Like what he's repeating is it's all right. And that's it's so yeah. different than like all the source material so far. Um, and it's yeah. not like it's not like an easy healing to everything is like like the last two songs is the the stuff i why i think this is structured so well is like the stuff in the last two songs is the same as the stuff in all the preceding songs but the way he's singing about it is different and there is a lot more kind of like acceptance in the last two songs and like mm -hmm. outward directed anger which feels like much more like pure punk as opposed to like all the anger in the front half is is very self-directed. <laughs> um yeah, I think it is like it is a coming to terms with yeah. with what and, with and, what it is that you're kind of going through. And you know, the, when we get to Battle of Hampton Roads like the 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 line like I'm sorry dad, no, I'm not making this up. Yeah. Like even like yeah. going to an authority figure and being like this is who I am, this is what I'm going through, but I'm going to like, I don't know, tell you about it as opposed to just like spiraling alone. Yeah, and I mean that whole that whole like in a way, that whole lyric in the Hampton Roads, it feels like an embrace of the excess because that whole like yeah. lyric going up to it is like, when I smoke, I'll hold it into my lungs yeah. until I'm like sick and I'll stay sick forever. And it's kind of this thing of like, I could spend my life. And, and again, I'm not saying I agree or disagree with this. As right. a, somebody who's learning it's, about it's, mental health. It's evocative. I have, it's... it's evocative. And there's a lot of complex things about like psychopharmacology and is medication good? And like, are we over medicating ourselves to like take away from the you know the sharp points of life i don't know the yeah. answers to that but i do is medication just a way is... to help people function under capitalism yeah yeah exactly and like i but i do think that there is something in here of him being like i'm not i'm i'm rejecting the mid mediocre thing to to like have the full range of experiences which whether you agree with it or not is is i think a compelling like thesis to lay out and be like and this is what i have come to in my searching of myself that i need the ups and the downs to to kind of have right, this which, and uh, it's an interesting you know pull on on uh, coming out of this whole album because it's such like an epic exercise especially that last song it's such like a long you know brooding thing so which is the thesis of dimed out in like so many of his songs it's yeah, kind of yeah like, exactly i like zero and i like 10 i don't like five don't like, like anything in between <laughs> and yeah, like and which is which in itself is interesting because we've talked about this album as being like Kind okay. of like a mid-tempo, yeah. like mid-bar rock kind of shambly thing. So it, it's interesting that it's like not more extreme in the musical front, right. I guess. Like it, it is, like it is I've, kind I've, of like a... I think part of part of why it sounds so approachable is to think I, I do have been... I have been... I do have been... I've been listening to a lot of Soul Glow lately. And that is like some like punishing. pretty... <laughs> some pretty punishing punk music. And I think that's why this feels so like a warm bath for me. Um, but yeah. Yeah, it, no, to, I, I totally to, hear that. To talk about everything we've talked about, you know, and ever is a reprise of Titus Andronicus Forever, but it's 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 I think it's very thematic what is similar and what is different. So let's let's go into some of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And so th- this he, he's taken that kind of manic insistence, which sounds so like fevered the first time around, so paranoid um, the first time around and has turned it into like the part of the Springsteen concert where Springsteen like goes around and like introduces all his band members and they all get to do their little <laughs> solo. Like it's 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 a much less like not only like is it a little bit more not only does the music seem a little bit more cheerful, but it's a lot less lonely. And that's what I wanted to kind of like put a pin in before is now it's like, it's incorporating the piano and the horns. And to me, like thematically, it feels like leveraging a community of people on the same subject matter as before and turning into a very different experience. That's that's, so, that's so interesting because that's like the exact opposite of my mind. Oh, wow. I hear that as, I hear that as like, as like I've, shutting I've, down I've the missed bar. It. I fucked well, no, it up. I mean it's not. It's not. It's not that you're wrong or that I'm right. It's, it's just like there's a very funny like because because like the previous one it was like 20 people singing and here it's only like one or two and it's oh. like just it's like just the musicians are left. So in my mind it's kind of this thing of like we're shutting down the bar. We've gone through this thing. We're like kind of the last people like here and we're we're and we're just kind of like working this this like thing out before we get to the ending. But that like the surrounding room has left that that's how i read it, is, uh, is that I'm, it I'm like, like i'm like this is a shonen and i've picked up all my like allies and now we're all going to like noodle on our instruments a little bit on the same yeah on the yeah. same kind it's, of i mean, I mean it, it's interesting because yeah it's, it's like the same thing it's just like different it just feels like less communal and more like we're like yeah i don't know like more the end of the night to me but i i also understand what you're saying though with like the like yeah, they've, kind of they've, t- yeah, they've taken this like kind of manic pronouncement that's on the first end of the album and turned it into just like a jam sash. I I I, yeah, I really yeah. like I really like the effect. Like what what however it's located. It's well, however it's interpreted, I do think yeah. it is a good fit. Yeah, yes. it is a good fit. And again, like these these little two minute songs, like really do like are deployed so well to kind of pad out these mammoth song lengths because these are some long songs speaking of long songs length now we get to a real a real jam uh the the final track uh battle of hampton roads and i'm will uh just because we can't play too many clips i'm just going to go into kind of the final uh bagpipe guitar uh yeah right climax But yeah, it's 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 a pretty mammoth banger of a track that kind yeah, of starts in the jam. kind of starts in the more perfect union, kind of the front end, kind of mid tempo, yeah, high it does energy. Sound a lot like that, yeah. uh, I think you called it a shuffler, which I really like. It, it is it's, it's <laughs> not a full mosher; it is a shuffler, at least not until the end. And then it just breaks into this really really epic uh, bagpipe solo into uh, one of my favorite guitar solos. And again, is is not a super 
super virtuosic one. I think it's just very heartfelt and fitting and straightforward for the album that we've just heard. Uh, how do you feel about this this uh, track? Well, yeah, agreed. I think it is a I think it is a great like mini encapsulation of what the album has yeah. been. It, kinda like the, saying, it kind like, of is the it kind of is the album. It kind of is the album in miniature, which yeah. is a, is a cool way to end it. Of like. Like, yeah, the opening chords of that and the kind of the, the lone, you know, singing stuff like is very evocative of the beginning and that, that the kind of the and then as it goes, it builds. And then the ending is just like a full on, um, you know, bagpipe guitar solo crescendo. I mean, out, it, yeah. it, it, it never gets to like post rock territory, but like it, 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 it flirts kind of, with it flirts, flirts with it, it flirts uh, with yeah. something that could be that yeah. if it was like less, it less, flirts with you know, post rock linear. Cousins. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. And like. The, the lyrics are really an encapsulation. You know, they've got the line, I destroyed everything that wouldn't make me more like Bruce Springsteen. Um, a really, like, encapsulation of, a, like, an awful, like, frat guy from college. But I think the part that we've been both talking about, I'm just going to read this kind of, like, the the lean up to the crescendo of the song. Um, I have a hand and a napkin when I'm looking for sex, and that's no one to talk to when feeling depressed. So now when I drink, I'm going to drink to excess. And when I smoke, I will smoke gaping holes in my chest. And when I scream, I will scream until I'm gasping for breath. And when I get sick, I will stay sick for the rest of my days. Peddling hate out of the back of a Chevy Express. Each one a fart in the face of your idea of success. And if this be thy will, then fucking pass me the cup. And I'm sorry, Dad, no, I'm not making this up. Um... Which is just like it, it really like it's and he, he's got the perfect delivery for it. I think it's a really evocative of what you've been talking about. And like, I don't know if this is explicitly about wanting to go off medication, but this just kind of like. And it, it is like writ in small an encapsulation of this whole album's themes of, of, of like all of these things that are like, I don't have what I need. And and to stop myself from feeling bad, I could either, you know lower the emotional ceiling or I could just embrace the fact that like doing the things that I want to do, like smoking and drinking are going to fuck me up. And that, and that's kind of like a, you know, in a way it's not exactly about mental health, but it is also kind of about mental health where it's, yeah. it's both, you know, so, sides of like, and I also really liked the, there's an earlier line in this song that really resonates with me about like the, like you were told that you could live the way your forefathers um, so oh, I love like, that. Be fair to be told that, that shit's gay dude is like yeah. such a good, like, I've got it. I've got it. I've got it right here. Because yeah. we have been told that if you've been assured there's a way to live the values your forefathers gave you, prepare to be told that shit's gay, dude. And like, especially yeah. like we were like college freshmen. I, w- I was I about to say, as like as men, as men growing up yeah, in, in like America, that exact in the American right time, South, in America, yeah. in like the South, in the mid aughts, and both of us being like you know, more, whatever, emotionally attuned or, or mentally sensitive, whatever the term is that would be more like... emotionally sensitive, that... but still, like, we had spent, we have both spent our entire high school careers calling things gay. Like, Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and that's yeah. what I'm saying is, like, it's kind yeah. of this funny, like, reaction to it of, like, I care about these things and they, like, are meaningful to me, but, like, I don't know how to express it, so it's just like, oh, that's kind of gay, dude. <laughs> and, and, so, yeah. and, like, that was such a funny, like thing i don't know i really that i remember hearing that line of being like yeah that is like so evocative of the experience of being like i think i want to feel emotions but i don't know how to say it 
So like, I have such a clear memory of like sitting in one of our rooms and like I was describing being proud of the accomplishments of a friend of mine, and our friend <laughs> Charlie just leaned back and yelled at the top of his lungs, "Don't care, don't care." <laughs> and that is so like, like it, it really like this whole song is so evocative of like being yeah like being a, a college guy and kind of this hinge point of like becoming emotionally aware enough of and culture getting to a place where like you knew you had been wrong for a long time but like not really having the tools to like be constructive about it yet um, yeah and then also like having that part where it's like and, and i'm and i'm shedding the ways that i grew up living to do this other thing and kind of and like that end line that you're saying like i'm sorry dad i'm not making this up it's like whether you like it or not, I am now my own person and this is going to be what it is. And like, I feel right. like that to me in my life has been such a long, protracted, messy thing of like, of like yeah. extricating myself from my, my family. I think that probably is true for a lot of like people that are on the more well off end and that are, that are kind of like, that there's some level of like codependency or expected kind of like intertwining of like support and especially financial going forward. Yeah. And I think like there's this kind of thing where it's like, there's some like level of dream where it's just kind of like flipping the bird to your parents and being like, I don't give a shit if you do think that this is right or wrong. I'm just going to do it. And it's like, there's sort of like this, that, this, then you can yeah. fuck off. You can fuck off. <laughs> and it's sort of like that, this fantasy I think that he really like captures, but I think he like means it. I don't think it's a fantasy to him. I think it's that kind of like the scrappy, you know, meaningness yeah. of it. But uh, there is something that like hits me in, in this song of like the time period, my relationship with my like adulthood and growing up that like really is captured a lot in here that I feel like is, is makes a lot of sense to me when I hear these lyrics in in this song. It's such like, I think it's such a like male growing up in the American South in this time period experience to like get to the point where like you finally try to engage a guy friend of yours in something like real and emotional. And they just like, don't have anything to give you. Like, even if they don't like, (laughs) even if they don't respond like explicitly with, that's pretty gay. Like that's <laughs> it's just like a stone wall, and like yeah, or and it's like, just like the the like I think the really funny one is hedging, where it's like, man, I love you guys or shit or something. <laughs> like like where you like you say something like profound, you're like, man, you're my best friend or or or, or shit, fuck or you. Shit. <laughs> like, you can't, like it can't just be uh you know the, the thing. It has to be like with a with a uh, exclamation point or something that's kind of like. Uh, but I don't really mean it. Yeah. No homo. And like, yeah, <laughs> classic for both of us who have like complicated emotional relationships with our dads, like the the idea that this song is addressed to your dad, I think just yes, adds right? this inflection point at the <laughs> just end. Just adds like, like oh, some part of it. This song is different now. <laughs> this is. <laughs> yep. Um, so yeah. And I, you know what? I mean, it's like, that's the thing. It's like the more specific, the more universal. Or, you know, yeah. it's, it's like that. It's so, it's so seeped in Jerseyisms and specific mental health stuff and specific like things that he's going through. And yet it's like, when you hear it, you're like, I understand. Like, I get it. I get what he's trying to, at least yeah. I, I get it, my version of it. He might listen right. to this and like, be like, I, I, I holy think... shit, you guys were as wrong as you could possibly be. That's very possible. But like, I get something out of it, which is a powerful thing for any form of art, you know, music Yeah, I, I think Patrick Sickles is a lot more pain than I have been, but uh, for, for the kinds of like intern, for the kinds of internal emotional pain I have felt, and like the the lens of like the civil war and like i think the civil war part of the end of it is that kind of like oh no this is going to be a fight where the alternative is like continued compromises between the north yeah, and south yeah continued appeasement until nobody's happy but we exactly right like I, and so i think that like there is like yeah like you know the 
the Missouri Compromise is kind of like the medication in this like in in this like weird metaphor. We'll I, call it. I, I like I like this metaphor that we've um, <laughs> we constructed. I, I feel good about it. <laughs> and the and the the kind of like you know it. I, I've 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 you you saw me. I was reading a, a book about John Brown. The kind of uh, my yeah. Favorite, I, I, my I was actually terrorist. I was thinking yeah. that when I was listening. Yeah. My favorite uh, religious terrorist of all time, um, who's like, <laughs> you know, who's who's mentioned, and when they they do the kind of battle hymn of the Republic at, uh, during uh, parts of uh, the track number one, and um, yeah, and, and he's so emblematic of that. Like, no, we're going to fight about this, and I think yeah. this, uh, I think this kind of like last stanza is the part is is the real like, oh no, we're going to fight about this. This like fight about this being like. I'm going to try to let my emotions do what they're going to do. Yeah. Um, and which is such a, I don't know. It, it's, it comes so whole circle in back to where it is. And, and it's interesting that like, this is not the last of that thing. Like, like for yeah. him, this will right. be the no. next five this albums. Be, yes. outside, like this will be his entire output of like, right. of maybe gra- grappling may, with like, maybe, maybe a mistake. Is, maybe you know? medication would have been helpful. Yes. <laughs> There's no way and, to and like, and that, and that's kind of the thing that's like hard to square for me with this is like, is that I really like this album a lot. And I, and I can understand why people would say like, this is the album for me, but the band as a whole doesn't do it because it feels right. almost like, well, we're still going over these same kind of things, whereas like this this definition or this this idea that we came to in this album is such like a nice encapsulation of it, but that maybe then I'm hoping that this next album is good that comes out in September or that or that we like it. I don't really know, but like I could sort of see Titus as a band that just kind of like like you were saying like slides into a kind of like C tier D tier existence of like touring bars forever. Yeah. Um, I was and I to think, see him, which is fine. Yeah, it's not it's not that that's bad. It's just that you definitely feel like things are are stuck a little bit to me and when i hear their later music i think so yeah and i i think that i think that the fact that we were like we were college freshmen when we heard this album like late freshmen early sophomores when we were really falling in love with it and we have had struggles with mental health and toxic masculinity and i think all those things together are like the bump where like for the general public, this may be an eight-ish kind of album, but for like how it hit us specifically, that's what kind of bumps gives it that extra bump into yeah. a top ten of all time territory. Ooh, so, interesting. Um, will I? Uh, I'm I'm looking at my list, and I mean it's, it's tricky to decide where to put it, but I think that this is now my second favorite album of all time, uh, under "My Aim Is True" and over uh, the "Intermounting Flame." Hmm. I am looking at my list, and I, I actually legitimately am having a hard time deciding if this will... Yeah, it's going to be one or two. Edge. Yes. <sighs> That's really tough. Cause... A good, like, I, we had such a good talk about this album that I almost put it at number one. Just because I think we had a good... I think, like, I think we dug up a lot, of, a lot of stuff here. Stuff in here. Yeah, and I feel like... to. Gosh, I don't know because it's tricky because both of these have been things that have been like around in my life since I was you know with the Intermountain Flame like eighteen and and with this you know nineteen twenty and like I still listen to them now and I'm still like yeah bangers like there's there's been kind of no uh, gosh Mm. all right I have to this is an objective we need to establish we need to establish some rules for this okay when we make a top ten. Yeah. Are we allowed to do it's this is a definitive when I put it here, 
I cannot go back in the next episode and change it, right? This this is no, a no. Set- you can only you you can put out like you could put an album in between them, but you yes. cannot. No, you cannot. Tinker. I cannot fudge. Yes, I could not later go back and do a. You change cannot later fudge. No. So this is so this is going to determine whether or not this is above or below Mahavishnu Orchestra for me. Yeah. And like it ah. might go it might go way up or way down. You might put a lot of albums in between, but it it will never. Yes. It will never be. Able but to it will never in in relation yeah. to these albums right here and where it is. It will have to be set in stone forever. Um, I'm gonna have to put it. I have to put it number one. I have Hell to do yeah. it. I, best I think album I, ever. I, I, Tyson, this is the best album ever. I mean, best album from ever. the three from the three that I've heard, <laughs> Tyson Dronicus, Mahavishnu Orchestra, and Elvis Costello. This is the best album that I've heard so far. Oh, Not that I love happy. a lot of Mahavishnu Orchestra, but I feel like. There are song, there are whole tracks and things in that where I'm like, oh, okay, like this is kind of slowing yeah. for me. And while that happens here, I could still can see the pieces of it that I'm like, this is really good. So Titus Andronicus the Monitor, that is Paul. That's my number one most favorite album of all time. I'm so glad you brought it to I'm my so attention. I'm so glad. I'm so glad we brought it to your attention. So uh, <laughs> my laptop is not charging for some reason, and so okay. we're going to wrap things up a little bit. Um, <laughs> Will, do you know what you're bringing next week? Um. I do not. I have thoughts, okay. um, but have I have thoughts. not. I have not worked it out yet. Okay, we we've done three white guy rock bands so far. Uh, so I I know what I'm bringing my next time. Oh, yeah, yes. to mix I see your bit. list. You see my is, list. Is it Bruce Springsteen want, want to run? <laughs> no, <laughs> another <laughs> another another one. Um, uh, I have I have a couple I have a couple different thoughts, but I don't know which one I'm going to go with. All right. Well, I will see you next week, and I will be surprised then. Everybody will be surprised. It's been a pleasure. And uh, listeners, you are all my top 10 favorite listeners of all time. (laughs) Goodbye. Goodbye.